Episode 5. Are Unconscious Biases a Barrier to Diversity and Inclusion Practices? Welcome to The Last Stop. I am Liliana Daval, Transitional Pastor of Urban Grace, the downtown church. Urban Grace is an ecumenical church in downtown Tacoma, Washington, that believes in the value of each human being and how the unique contribution of people who are different may enrich us all. Today, we are talking about unconscious biases. Diversity and inclusion, which from now on we'll call DNI, had been on the agenda for most organizations in recent years. Both for-profit and non-profit corporations, including the church. Diversity can be thought of as the mix, and inclusion is how the mix can best work together. The important question is, are we serious about it? Of course, DNI can be a superficial public relations exercise. As humans, we have two cognitive systems, one that involves our conscious and careful processing of stimuli, and the one that we use to respond automatically and rapidly to impulses. Who we are and how we behave is determined primarily and dependent on pre-existing mindsets and mental shortcuts. Our brains can make swift judgments and assess people or situations influenced by our upbringing, background, cultural environment, or past experiences. This process is essential in our daily decision-making to avoid being overwhelmed by the number of choices we face. However, these processes and responses are based on the unconscious mind, and this is something we need to be aware of, especially when decision-making is crucial. The mental assumptions that we often use to make decisions might be questionable and lead to wrong conclusions. Unconscious biases are highly relevant when implementing DNI initiatives. And even though diverse teams are proven to perform better, the path towards coordination between different individuals is not an easy task. In the 1970s, many churches in the U.S. believed that the best way to grow churches was through developing homogeneous groups of people. As proposed by Donald McGovern and his disciple Peter Wagner, both from Fuller Theological Seminary, homogeneity would give churches the ability to attract more people. Like many other trends, this church growth movement ended without producing lasting results. The reason is that homogeneity keeps the divide and our biases alive. 
while integration and inclusion keep the church as, an, as the organic entity it's supposed to be. Doing church with people like us may be easier, but it doesn't build community. It is vital to understand that the choices we make and the relationships we form in our lives are influenced by the unconscious mind. So, we need to hold ourselves accountable for our choices and, most importantly, reflect upon our decisions. A good example of how unconscious biases can become a barrier to better relationships is called the halo effect. We all have made positive associations based on specific traits without knowing anything about the individual. If we see someone dressed smartly, for example, we may automatically think they are good people. However, we may be wrong. Respectful communication and honesty enhances diversity and inclusion, as well as reduce the impact of biases. Diversity and inclusion requires systemic change, but it also needs personal accountability. Guidelines and initiatives will always be there. But it is up to us individually to understand the power of acceptance. There is strength and power within communities when there is acceptance of each member. Therefore, an all-inclusive and diverse organization like the church should be centered around the principles of community building. Understanding the unconscious biases within is the first step toward acceptance, which eventually leads to a diverse and safe space for open communication. If left unchecked, unconscious or implicit biases can lead to unfair or discriminatory behavior with negative consequences. Unconscious bias is an issue for everyone. Although it may be hard to recognize in ourselves, it's a normal part of the way the human brain works. We all seek out people who seem familiar, who seem part of our in-group. They give us a feeling of safety and security. Think about when you join an event or go to a party where there are no friends or colleagues. Who do you talk to first? We are all drawn to people who feel familiar in some way, whether that's because of gender, sexual orientation, ethnicity, style of dress, ability, etc. Bias plays out in all sorts of places and first impressions count. We also tend to give preference to people who dominate society. In our culture, indisputably, This is why men. This won't be news to most people, and indeed many of us have received training on this issue in our workplace. So why does this matter? From a broad perspective, this matters because first, everyone should feel welcome. Second, everyone's gifts should be recognized. 
Third, everyone should be celebrated as a unique creation of God. Philemon is a book in the Christian Bible where Paul asks Philemon, based on the work of love and forgiveness that had been wrought in his heart by God, to show the same to the escaped and now believing slave Onesimus. In talking about Philemon and slavery, one of the founders of Jesus Lifts, a Christian coaching and counseling program on, of self-improvement, said, Prejudice and bias underlie any system that enslaves and oppresses human beings on the basis of perceived inferiorities. As much as I detest the reality of historical preferences that resulted in the enslavement of countless multitudes over the centuries and the perpetuation of created associated stereotypes, my personal journey has required an investigation of my own prejudices and unconscious bias. The result was an acknowledgement that as a person of color, I had my own preconceived biases for and against those who were racially dissimilar to me. I had to expose my own automatic tendencies to judge a book by its cover, particularly within the precincts of the church. This continues to be a journey that is more challenged when societal events point to the continuation of social justice deficits and the seeming apathy from Christian leaders and congregations. Here are some strategies to mitigate unconscious bias. First, tell your story and listen to the stories of others. When we tell our stories, we revisit both the good and the not-so-good parts of our lives. This is a good exercise to realize that we are not all good or all bad. By retelling the stories that shaped us, we can see that there were weaknesses vulnerabilities and failures we had to overcome, as well as strengths and achievements we could rely upon. By listening to the stories of others, we can learn to place value on their life experience and appreciate who they are, no matter how different people may be from ourselves. We can find commonalities in our journeys, this will help us understand that human nature is not contingent to our skin color, physical abilities, or sexual orientation. Avoid stereotypes and overgeneralizations. Stereotypes are the images we form in our brains by the influences we receive about other people. The influences come from the media, family members, friends, and literature. As we grow up, comments from others about this or that group of people tend to shape our view on those belonging to such groups. Therefore, 
we understand this popular wisdom to be a matter-of-fact source of information. That's how we end up talking with utmost authority about how these people do this or those people do that, whatever that might be. And we propagate these images to the newer generations. Avoiding this way of thinking may save us the trouble of having to unlearn it later in life when we become aware of the injustice we are committing. Another strategy to mitigate unconscious bias is to separate feelings from facts. Feelings are related to us. We may feel that some people are unworthy, but that is totally related to our internal processes of judgment. Facts, on the other hand, are related to the other person. Even though we may feel that someone is unworthy, the fact is that they are children of God, humans with intrinsical value, needs, dreams, and gifts. Another way to avoid biases is to have a diverse group of people around the decision-making table. We all need to make decisions in our lives and including diverse people among our circle of trusted friends can help us widen the scope of consideration. When we make decisions about life, work, church, traveling, buying, moving, or anything else, it'd be great to count on the advice of people who are not like us and can offer a different perspective. To practice self-reflection can help us uncover some personal bias we are not aware of. By doing introspection, we may find out that some of our assumptions about people are wrong and based on deceiving information. To be on top of our battle against biases, it's a good idea to become an active ally. By engaging in intercultural relationships, interaction with queer people, or friendship with people with disabilities, we can take the banner of diversity and keep it at the forefront of our life journey. One important strategy in dismantling unconscious bias is not to expect a quick fix. It takes a lifetime to form biases in our brains, so they cannot be gone just because we attend a workshop or seminar. Granted, there are some aha moments when our lives are turned upside down and we realize all the mistakes we've done. But the reality is that true transformation takes time and work. Finally, the surest strategy to mitigate bias is to practice empathy. Empathy is the ability to see things from the other's point of view. Its meaning, literally, is to feel with another. When we share the road with someone different than us, and we can feel their pain, fear, and abandonment, 
we have truly conquered the quest for equity and inclusion. Whether you are black, white, Latinx, trans, gay, non-binary, differently able, straight, or any other name you give yourself, I am here to tell you two important truths. First, you are who you are because God made you that way. Be yourself and enjoy it. Carry your identity with dignity. Assess your ways to connect, relate, love, and not love, and follow the loftier path of community. That will make you happy. Second, there is a place in downtown Tacoma where you can find acceptance and embrace. Not because who you are is a problem that needs fixing, but because you've been bruised enough at Urban Grace, you can find a spiritual home and a path to healing by belonging, by simply being who you are. If you are close to Tacoma, Washington, come and check us out. We can be your last stop as a spiritual seeker.